And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Welcome to Conversing with the Text. A member of Crown Rights Cast Network. Glad you could join us again this week. If you have any concerns or comments or a topic you would like addressed, feel free to contact us at crownrightscastnet at gmail.com. Lastly, we dealt with husbands protecting their wives and Eve's answer to the serpent. We actually did that in the reverse order of what I just gave it. But we discussed at length the differences between man and women, or men and women, man and woman. And, and there were several flubs that... Uh, was pointed out to me last week, and I hope that you can forgive me of uh, that mom is speaking, but um, we'll carry on and seek to get better. Um, This week we are going to talk about Satan's lie and what happens to Eve after he spoke. Now, um, this is really important because there are two things uh, to think about or to think that or what I think happened actually with Eve and, and then her husband, right? And, and this led to the fall. It also happens to us Christians when uh, faced with temptation today. Again, we, uh, as we said a few weeks, a, sh- a few shows ago, actually, we should be wise of the schemes of the devil, right? We, we should be wise to these schemes. We should analyze them. We should know their plays, uh, the plays of the enemy, and, uh, and, and be able to counter them in our own lives. So... Remember a couple weeks ago we said that the serpent, controlled by Satan, attacked as a tactic the character of God. He, he said he is jealous and knows that you will be like him, and that is why he doesn't want you to have the fruit. Now, we notice that there is no response to this accusation. Right, Eve and, of course, her husband let this lie just kind of float out there. Right? It just lies out in the air. Nothing is, is said to contradict it. No, no defense is given. And, and we need to think about this because when, when we're addressed about the character of God in, in a uh, def, uh, defamatory way, you know, when God is being defamed, God doesn't need us to defend him. So we can say that, and that's a point of view. But what we need to understand is we can't let that stand publicly. We, we can't let that stand publicly. What wife, what, what bride would allow her husband to be defamed in public in front of others and not address the detraction of her husband's character? What, what woman would love and care and cherish her husband and allow bad things to be said about him without it being redressed? Or addressed, rather. I think it is at this point that allegiances began switching, right? This is when the word of Satan began to hold sway in their minds, in their heart. 
And again, I talk about this in my sermon, which you can find on YouTube. I invite you to do so. We know that at the very least, Eve was contemplating the idea that she could be like Yahweh. Now, she, she knew several things about Yahweh. He had created her from Adam's side, and that she, she knew that God had created Adam for nothing, and that everything that she saw, and even the very things she couldn't see that did exist, she knew that God created those things. She knew that he was full of power and might, and she knew that he was sovereign, right? It, it is also likely that she had seen the pre-incarnate Christ. Now, this may have been part of her stumble, and follow me here, because think about it this way. If you are speaking with God as with a man in the pre-incarnate form of Jesus Christ, then this would give or would have given the, the impression of manness, that God was like man, right? In this, she had to give her mind over to be controlled by the word of Satan rather than the word of God. And now we fall into this trap many times. And this is what it looks like. Someone will ask, since you're a Christian, you believe that God created, God created the world in six days. And you, of course, say yes, because that's the right answer. Right? Then they ask, but science, doesn't science show that the world is, order, is older than the Bible represents? How can they both be true? Now, you're in a trap now. That, that was a trap because it, it, is saying, it is saying that the earth, it is true that the earth is older than the Bible represents. It's older than the 6,000 years that we can trace back in the Bible. And so if that's true, then the Bible can't be true. So, so, so I want you to understand how things are represented here. When we ask questions in this manner, or we are asked questions in this manner, what we're being told is the Bible can't be correct because science is correct. And this is when we began to equivocate. We began to make excuses and try to defend the, the revelation of God. And, and here's the problem with that. Well, it's twofold. First of all, the Bible doesn't need your defense. The Bible doesn't need you to defend it. You do not need to qualify the Bible. You do not need to qualify the Bible. How do you know the Bible's correct? Well, the Bible tells me it is. Well, well, that's circular logic. Well, everything that we do eventually will come down to circular logic. Everything we believe will come down to an authority that has to self um, authenticate its, you know, its its qualifications. It it will have to self-qualify. And so the Bible's no different, right? The Bible's no different. So then the Word of God must rule in our hearts. This means that we must do a work first before we come to this situation. So we, we need, there's something that needs to happen. There's something that we need to do. There's work that we need to do in ourselves before we come into a situation where we're asked, well, you know, science... God, science debunks the Bible, man. Tests have been run. Right? You, you know, evolution is true. 
Well, no, it's it's really not. And this is what we do. First Peter says, and I mean Peter says in First Peter three thirteen through seventeen. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Be sanct- but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense of everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. With meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. What is Peter telling the church? God is Lord. Now, what we need to understand here is this is basically saying that Yahweh, right? Yahweh, Elohim is Yahweh. Elohim is in control. He is absolutely God, and everything that the Bible tells us is absolutely true. And if we sanctify that in our hearts, then science can't touch us. God is the Lord. And if we keep this in mind, no matter what we face, we can overcome the objection. Now, you're not going to, in that moment, always have the perfect answer. And we need to understand that. We, there's nothing wrong with saying to your unbelieving friends, I don't know. Let me talk to somebody who's smarter than I am. There's always somebody smarter. There's always somebody smarter, right? Like, if I have a problem, I, I call Mark Robinette or, or uh, you know, Matt Clark or, or Phil, Phil Kaiser. That's my go-to, right? If I have a, bless his heart, I'll... I will blow his messenger up in a minute, you know, because I know that he has studied, dealt with, seen these issues before. So if I run into a brick wall, I can go to these men and say, what say you? And they can give me the answer, right? They can give me the answer. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. As long as we constantly remember that God wrote the word and the word is correct, this means that the Bible is the first first principle in our mind. So what do we what do we mean by first principle? Well, in math, if you were doing math, if you were doing geometry, it would be an axiom. So it is it is the thing that is assumed but can't be proven, right? So, um, like a plane goes in the same direct. I mean, goes in in opposite directions infinitely. A plane, right? So okay. So a good example of this for men. If you grew up, if you grew up with sports at all, um, the idea of the goal line, right? The idea of a goal line is an infinite plane that goes all the way around the world. So no matter how far out of bounds a player is when he catches the football, as long as he doesn't touch out of bounds, if once he crosses that plane, it's a touchdown. Why? That because that plane goes infinitely up in the air. Doesn't matter how high he is. And it infinitely goes in both directions, right? And now we know that that's not needed, but that's the way the rules explain. And it's a geometric understanding of of the existence. How how do we know that he crossed the plane? Well, because the plane goes forever. It goes in the in opposite directions until they meet, all the way around the world. Well, okay, so we have the we have the same thing here. The axiom. 
that the Bible is absolutely inerrant in its original is true. It's absolutely true. Well, not only that, but we have the blessed promise in several places. Probably I should have listed them. But several places where God says that not one word will be lost. So, so we want to think about this. Now, you know, a lot of people have taken this to, the, to like, you know, we have a lot of fundamentalists who, who are very faithful brothers who love Christ, and I'm not trying to dog on them, but we need to understand that they, they're like King James only. And they'll go as far as to say that the King James itself is inerrant, and I don't think that that's correct. But what we do have is an understanding that God's Word is not lost. It's not lost. We do have God's Word. Now, I, with a lot of men smarter than me, take the position that that's in the majority text. But, you know, I'm not going to die on that hill, but the thing that I think that we need to understand, as long as we, as long as we have the Bible as the first principle in our lives, it is the axiom, it is the thing. God says it, and that settles it. Now, that that's... You know that's cliche, right? And and it's uh, and people would say, well, that's uneducated. Well, no, it's not. It's faithful. There there is not Bible and then the thing or person that validates the Bible, right? So when your friend says, well, how do you know the Bible's true? I say, well, well, God's faithful, right? Because because without the Bible, we can't we can't believe anything for certain. Well, yeah, yeah, we know that one plus one is two. No, 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 no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Secular humanists right now are arguing that that's not true. What's the only way that we can we become we can only the it's the only way we can com- become communist if we uh, believe that one plus one equals something other than two? Because I mean, you know, the communists are the, are the only people that uh, believe that it costs a dollar to make a loaf of bread, but you can make it for fifty cents and everybody be prosperous. It just doesn't work that way. So, this is hard for us, especially in a culture that will take the word of people like Bill Maher or secular scientists over the witness of 2,000 years of history. So, what I want to point you to is the fact that there is not a Western culture or country in all of the world that was not built upon, in some way or another, the word of God. The principles and the underlying um, general equity of the word built all of Europe, all the United States, Australia, um, you know, uh, New Zealand, all all those all those countries' cultures were were based upon the word of God in some aspect or another. Not perfectly. Some of it was you know uh, based upon a, a, Catho- a Catholic understanding. But it's still it's still based upon the Word of God. It's still based upon um, those many of those underlying principles that we would agree with today. Even so, people say things, and we and we just let them we just let them say them and stand. That we just let what they say stand, like like Eve did. Right? We just don't we don't address it. And when we see and when they see that we are doing. Uh, we're doing this. We're we're not going to challenge what they say. This this truth claim that they've thrown out there, then they beat us over the head with it. Rather, make them prove what they say. And it's simple. You don't have to be a butt about it. You don't you don't have to be ugly. It's just you know you just you just act like they're three year old. Well, how do you know that? Well, how do you know that? Well, who told you that? Who says? How do I know? How do you know? Right. 
You just continue to push them to bring proof. How do you know the earth is actually that old? Oh, well, how do you know that test actually works? Could it be wrong? Has it ever been wrong in the past? Is there anywhere we can go to see that it's been wrong? Like creation.com. Has other scientists, or scientific facts rather, been seen later to be mistaken, misread, or misunderstood? All you have to do is just, I mean, well, how do you know? Well, you saw it. Could your eye, have you ever missaw something? Now, and this is a, and this, and they're going to take this as a trick, but I need you to, to understand how many times, how many times you've actually seen something. You were an eyewitness of an event, right? Sporting event, uh, an accident. I don't care what it is. You see it. And you're telling everybody this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and you you go back and you look at the tape, and it ain't anything like what you remember happening. It, it didn't it didn't happen that way. That is that is not the order of things. Things were completely different. Why? Because our senses lie to us at times. Adrenaline, excitement, right, fear, um, confusion, noise distractions can throw our parameters off and our senses can actually be wrong, right? How many times have you walked in your house and you say, man, I smell fried chicken. And your wife's like, no, you ain't getting a fried chicken. Why? Because it's not there. It's, it was a trick of the mind. Or you hear one thing and something completely different was said. And we can, we can use these to show that science can be wrong. Can't, it can be wrong but what never changes is the Word of God. So we only have to give, uh, up, give up our position if we want scholastic credibility. Now, here's the problem. We live in an expert world. Everybody's an expert. You know, right? We, when, you know, you, you've got a foot doctor and a hand doctor and an eye doctor and a nose doctor. And, and, and I'm not saying all these things are wrong. But what I'm saying is we get into an expert mindset. Well, how many years did you go to school? How long did you study this subject? Uh, how ver- well versed on you? How many times have you done this? Those kind of things are the question we, we ask. Um, I've come to believe that, the, that though education is important, and I, let, me, let me stress that over and over again. If you, can get, if you can get an education, if you can learn the original languages, right? If you, if you can take philosophical courses. If you can go and be disciplined and, and take this edu- and get this education, I think it's great. I think you should do that. What we have to understand is that God is not going to use even lawful means that we trust in to save us. Right? So I've come to believe that though education is important and we should never stop learning God is not going to bring this country back from the brink through the seminaries. If God is going to save the American church, it is going to be through grassroots, local ministries, faithfully ministering the gospel. And I think that's the answer. Any problem that we have in this country can rightly be addressed by the gospel. Now, I don't mean this truncated... Find the sky when you die, uh, going to heaven gospel. Or this individualistic, I live on an island and it's just me and Jesus gospel. That's not what I mean. I mean the full-orbed covenant theology, God died for sinners, 
of whom he elected before the foundation of the world, gospel. Now, I'm not excluding my brothers who don't believe every word of that, but what I am saying is that eventually, eventually, the lights and, and, and fireworks and big bands are going to eventually get old. Why? Because to be a Christian, it's going to be painful. It's, it's, going, it's going to be painful. We have to quit this expert mindset and remember that we are capable as long as we have the Word and the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. We need the Word and the Holy Spirit lived out in our lives, producing holiness in our homes, in our jobs, and in our churches. That's what is going to save America, right? It's not going to be we we want we want the third great awakening with this you know flash in the pan excitement and revival and and I, and it, God may choose to do it that way. I'm not saying that that He can't, but it's going to be. I mean, I'm telling you, it's going to be the simple decisions. I'm I'm not going to watch porn anymore. I'm not going to cheat in business anymore. I'm going to be faithful to the words that I say as long as I can. I mean, you know, it's going to be those kind of commitments by Christians saying, I'm tired of this world going in the direction it's going, and, and I'm going to start with me. That's, that's, and you're going, to need, you're going to need godly men and women calling other Christians to be godly men and women. So that, that's, what, that's what I think is going to change. So this means then that Eve falling for this play went from a twoist to a oneist, and I'm not going to hammer this again. We talked about this uh, in another es- episode, but what I want to focus on is the fact that Eve had to think this way. Now, follow my reasoning here. If Eve believed that the serpent's lie, if, if Eve believed the serpent's lie, rather, she had to think at least in some way that she and God were of the same substance, and this is the lesson that we Christians must pound in our heads. And, we, and, and it is related to the thing that Peter said. Now, let's, let's back up a second. Now, what do I mean that Eve thought that, that God was in some way the same substance as her? Now, we have to ask the question, when, when you get to an Orthodox Christian who is born again, uh, when, he is, when, he is confronted, when he is confronted with Mormonism, let's say, and and he's told, okay, brother, if you will, if you'll love Jesus and and live good, uh, and and get married in the temple, and you you check all these boxes, then you too can one day be a god. Why does that so come out so offensive to a Christian? Why is that so antithetical to what a true believer believes? Why why is that rejected offhanded? Like that's the stupidest thing, right? Why why did, why is that not even a thought? For a true Christian, well, the well, the reason is is because we know, we know without a doubt that God is nothing like us. There's like a, a an infinite gulf between us and God. There's this vast gulf of 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 space between His being and our being, and there's no way we we could reach it, right? And and like I say, this is the thing that Peter was hitting at. We can face anything that the skeptic can bring against us when we have sanctified God as Lord, holy Lord in our hearts. We have to settle in our mind that God is not a part of his creation. He is Lord over it. So when we are tempted to compromise and say, 
you know such and such's argument for this or that is pretty good and it fits science. Remember that God has written Scripture plainly. We do not need a code to break the meaning, but He has clearly revealed Himself and His deeds. And being Lord, He can keep His word pure. Now, here's, here's the trick for us. Um, think about this here. What, what happens a lot of times? When you, when you talk to compromising Christians, they'll say things like, well, you know, it's, it's really likely that, you know, in those dark rooms, those monks misread the Greek, and, and they miscopied it. I mean, we know that there were misspellings. There are words left out. There's words added in as what was supposed to be an explanation, this, that, and the other. And again, all, all this, this, that, and the other. But but here's the, here's the question that fails that fails this whole argument. Okay, God created everything, right? He created the world and all it contains, and He created the universe and all it contains, and He holds it all together and He carries it forward in time. Hebrews chapter one. So if He did all that. If he did all that, you want to tell me that he did that by speaking. Now, just by speaking, Yahweh said, let there be light and there were light. Right, and everything else that happened after that, he spoke it into existence out of nothing. But he can't can't keep his book pure? Look. Look, how silly is this? Stephen King can keep his book pure. Everything that Stephen King wants in his book is in his books. Right? And and he has this whole uh, world, underworld, or, or spiritual world underneath and underlying all of his characters and the events in all of those books that almost, I mean, they're just coming into focus. These are all just connected, and it's, oh, it's, you know, it's amazing. But the Lord of glory can't keep his word pure. Well, that's just stupid. And, I, and I'm going to call it. I'm just, I'm just going to call it. That's BS. You don't like what it says, or, or worse, you don't like the way it makes you look if you believe it. So, he keeps his word plain. We do not need to break a code to understand what God has said. He has clearly revealed himself and his deeds, and being Lord, he can keep it pure. We are not given, get we we cannot give in rather to this idea that God is like us, even if we think he is a bigger us. Right? So God is not just a bigger human. He's not just bigger, he's not just mightier, he's not just more powerful. God is outside of us. He's completely other than us. He's not like us in any way as far as who he is. And and had Adam and Eve understood this, the serpent would not have stood a chance to tempt them. God is other than us. He is no way bound by our creation. I don't care what your limitations are. I don't care what your understanding of physics are. I don't, I don't care what you say about monks in, in 
uh, Europe in the dark. I don't care about any of that. None of that proves that God could not keep his word. That he could not say to his people 6,000 years later what he meant. When he, and, and, so, and, and what we have to understand is that's where we get off track. When we begin to dance around and do acrobatics to get God's word to fit our parameters, that's where error comes in. And and I'll just say let's let's just let's just call you know let's just call a dog a dog right. If you do that, you don't trust God's word. You lack faith, right? You need you need to be like you need to be like that man with his son. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm not saying you're lost. What I'm saying is you don't fully rest in the word of God. You don't fully rest in the faith that God has given you. You're you're self-reliant, and you're looking to other areas to answer your questions, and that's not what Christians do. You have to look through faith and believe God's Word. You have to look through faith and believe God's Word. I call you to repent. Believe what God has said, and that's simply what we have to do. We have to see that the, the problem is Eve... Eve got another answer, and it seemed plausible to to her, and she, instead of having faith in God, she believed that contrary answer. So, we we have to be careful not to do that. We have to trust in God's Word, and we have to believe what it says is true. And that's the only way that we're going to see our country redeemed um, from this mess that we're in. Well, if... uh, that's it for our episode. If you have any questions or comments, uh, please email us at uh, crownrightscast dot uh, crown crownrightscastnet.com, uh, crownrightscast at gmail uh, dot com. I'll get it right in a minute. Uh, let us know what you think and uh, listen to the rest of our episodes. And uh, if uh, if you like it, uh, share it with others. Until next week. Walk in a manner worthy of Christ to please God.